Welcome to Chasing the Upside, conversations about living the FPL life. Self-proclaimed FPL obsessed, Dan Davis. Welcome to Chasing the Upside. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to start where we always start, um, the, the FPL origin story of Dan. Uh, where, where do we start? So I actually started playing well, well over 10 years ago when I was in the UK, when I was in university. And I was very, very casual at this time. Like I don't think I got a rank lower than a million, apart from one season when I actually somehow finished 9K. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. But then, a long story, but I actually met someone online um, playing video games, a female. And I actually ended up moving to California for her. And I now live and reside in California. So for those five or six years, as I was transitioning from one country to the next, I took a long break from FPL. I, I didn't really play it at all. And I picked it back up about four or five seasons ago. And ever since then, I've been a, a lot more hardcore playing, um, a lot more serious about it. Has um, So in those, in those, those years, um, when you came back to it, five years ago had the game changed in any way or was it just your relationship with the game that had changed a little bit of both i mean the, the level of content that is created for fpl now just shocked me like you can watch hundreds of youtube videos about it there's articles it's very difficult to make your own decisions these days i feel without being persuaded by the community so i think that's the thing that has really changed that season i talked about where i got 9k i wasn't taking in any content I wasn't reading anything. I was making just, hey, I like that player. I'm going to put him in. And I somehow finished 9K. These days, I feel like getting top 100K is a, quite an achievement. So one of, my, one of my, weirdly, one of my questions later on was going to be about your, your best season um, and why you think that is. But because that was so far, well, that was, you know, years and years and years ago. And potentially, now I'm not, I'm sure there was some skill involved, but if you were literally just picking who you wanted, um, probably a better question would be your second best season then <laughs> since being engaged um, yeah. in, as, a, as, a, as an FBL manager again. But um, yeah, if it's relevant, talk to me about that 9K season. Um, and uh, and again, if it's, re if it's relevant, your second best. Um, and if there's any similarities in between the two, I suppose. Sure. I think it's more relevant to talk about my second best season because <laughs> okay, it's okay. <laughs> it's around the, I think it was like 23k or something. I'm definitely not an Amazing. expert. However, the past four or five seasons I've been playing, I've consistently finished in the top 100k, which is kind of the um, what I look to get for myself. I, I'm not going to try and get 10k. I'm, I don't play it that hardcore. I don't really care about my rank that much, but I feel like top 100k, you've done really well for the season. So that's kind of my goal each season. And it's really just taking content, listen to advice, um, make good decisions, but play your own game at the same time. At the end of the day, you, it's a game. I, I want to have fun. I want to put in players that I enjoy watching. I want to make my own decisions and not just copy other people. So as long as I'm enjoying it, as long as I'm happy with my rank and I'm competing with myself, that's all I care about, really. But does the enjoyment come from the rank or or does the enjoyment come from enjoying the game, weirdly? I can't lie. It's, it gives you enjoyment to have a good rank. However, 
I mainly play it because it's kind of fun to wake up and watch Burnley versus Luton and have some players in that game and enjoy the game with an FPL asset in the match. Um, so I think it's really enriched my experience of watching Premier League games. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that for me. I I, I would totally agree. Um, there's I was watching um, I was watching Crystal Palace Nottingham Forest the other day. Honestly, one of the most boring games I've ever seen. But um, and and Eze wasn't playing. Who's who's my favourite player? Um, I mean, I'm a Newcastle fan, but I love watching Eze play. I, I could uh, I could talk about him all day. Um, but he wasn't even playing, so I had nothing. However, one of my mini leagues, um, I had Sam Johnston. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was willing on I was willing this this nil-nil draw. So I was absolutely delighted with this with this ball draw. And that to me is um yeah, it's just perfect FPL, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, and adds an extra element of enjoyment to watching these games. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I would never watch Burnley versus Luton, for example. Usually I'd go and do something else, but because you had a player in there i was like actively watching it enjoying the games like getting excited when there was a chance and i really like that about fpl obviously there's a, a flip side to that if your players don't do well you've just watched a boring game your players haven't done well and you're doubly annoyed about it but you know it's part of the game isn't it absolutely how do you stand when it comes to um your team wolves um and your fpl team um so because there's always a bit of conflict, isn't there? Potentially, um, how do yeah? How do you feel about that? It's actually caused me pain in the past because mm. I tend to not captain or bring in players that play Wolves, and obviously that's burnt me a lot in the past. For example, last season I think it was Leicester versus Wolves, and the majority of the FPL community bought in Castagna, but I refused to do it because I didn't want to watch a Wolves game and even have a slight bit of happiness if Castagna did anything. So I just avoided having him in my team. And then he got something like 12, 15 points. So for me, I, I don't let bias influence my decisions. And I try not to pick players who are playing against Wolves. However, I have no um, hesitation about putting in a Wolves player in my team. I have Pedro Neto right now, and I enjoy having him in my team. Yeah, and, and I, that's the joy, isn't it? Because if mm -hmm. you can, yes, of course, there's going to be those conflicts. But if you can put a player that you really like from your team in your FPL team um, and he bangs and he hauls, I mean, that's that's the ultimate, isn't it? So yeah. so you mentioned earlier that you um, you don't like to be swayed or you try not to be swayed by the community. <clears throat> can you talk me through your um, decision process then? If you know if there is a 50-50 uh, or you're not, or maybe there's one of three or four players that you want, how do you land on the player that you're actually going to bring into your team? So I, I usually try and narrow it down to a small number of assets, like two or three players that I have to decide between. And I really focus on the the problems first. So if I have a problem in my team, I will really look to focus on that problem make a little short list of two or three players who I like. And then I tend to look at the stats to help me make a 50-50 decision. Or in that case, I tend to look at the community or look at effective ownership and go with the player that's going to hurt me most if I don't have him. I don't particularly like playing that way too much. But as I said earlier, if you have a better rank, it makes you enjoy it a little bit more. So I, I tend to get swayed by effective ownership more than anything interesting okay yeah. because it seems to maybe this is just my perception but 
lots of lots of content that you listen to and you watch it's a bit of a dirty word like following eo isn't it um mm -hmm. it potentially um and i've always seen it as just a, a strategy of the game um and yeah. and potentially an edge that you have because you're paying attention to that um i suppose the flip side is is that you're not making the decisions that you know in maybe interesting decisions um but I, I i personally think that's quite a valid strategy so yeah it'd be interesting to hear a bit more about that no i, I think so i think if you're following eo you, you tend to get a better rank at the end of the season because if you're not earning the players that have a high eo and they do anything your rank's going to get hurt so for me if i'm really 50 50 between two players i will always go for the eo player even if i have a little bit of a gut feeling about the other player I just know myself that if I'm watching that game and the player with the higher EO hauls and the player I picked does not, it's going to affect my my mental health and my mood. As bad as that is, I have to admit that it, it will do that. So I don't just blindly follow EO, but I do use it in my decision-making process. Well, you, you mentioned mental health. Um, mm -hmm. And this is, uh, I think this is going to, again, come up time and time again with conversation that i'm having um, and obviously conversation that you have on your podcast and because you know you speak to lots of people mental health and fpl they're, they're never too far away from one another are they um and obviously everybody deals with the game differently um and as i always try and say to myself you know there's no rational reason why this game should affect you and put you on tilt and and potentially ruin weekends and things um how does how does that affect you um, when things go wrong in in uh, in FBL? Yeah, I'm very open about mental health. I think it's a very important subject, and as much as we don't like to admit it, FPL really does affect mental health. Um, if I've had a very very bad game week, I'd be lying if I said it doesn't affect my mood. But I have found coping mechanisms to deal with that. So, for example, if I've had a, a really bad game week, I will avoid Twitter for a while just for a, a couple of days maybe, or a couple of hours, just because I know it will affect me if I see gloating or if I see some toxic behavior there, it will affect my mood. So I tend to go away and do the things that I know make me happy. I will get outside, I will spend time with my family, and then I just feel better. And then I can just really talk myself through it and say, it's just a game at the end of the day. I don't need to let this affect my mood. And I, and I move on quite quickly. But I think some people, it's a lot harder for them to do that. And I don't think it's good to say, oh, it's just a game to everyone, because at the end of the day, while it is just a game, some people don't have ways of dealing with it. Maybe they're single. Maybe they don't have a family to to talk to. Maybe FPL is their escape from something that's happening in their life, and it just adds on top of that. So you th I think you have to be really careful with how you approach people that are affected by FPL. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, because I saw I saw something the other day, um, and I totally I totally agree agreed with the tweet saying um, that you know if if it was from um, the FPL lazy newsletter I think, and it was saying that if you're lucky enough to 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 worry about FPL, you you, you know you should have gratitude, and obviously I totally agree with that. And that's and I think it was a lovely way of putting it, actually. Mm -hmm. But the flip side is what you've just said is, yes, of course. But then there are some people that are not as fortunate, maybe 
it is their escape um and yeah it, it's not quite as simple as just saying it's just a game so i really like that actually i like i like yeah. you putting the other side of it i think we can all just do a better job of being kind to each other like just because someone else thinks fbl is a game and they don't really care about it it doesn't invalidate someone that really lets it affect them strongly i think it's a very valid reason why that might happen and we have to be careful and we have to be empathetic towards that in my opinion what do you think it is about fpl that affects people um so positively and and negatively because i mean by the sounds of things you met your partner through through gaming um and i've never done any sort of gaming online so i'm not the person to you know speak about that but does it have the same kind of um can it have the same kind of effect or is fpl on a sort of a different level on on its own how, do, how does it work i think it's on a slightly different level because fpl is more out of your control like if you're playing video gaming and you're you know they're both competitive but with video gaming it's a lot more short term if you make a mistake you can um alleviate that really quickly like if someone if you're playing a fighting game for example someone kills you you can go straight back and kill them back you know simple way of putting it but with fpl you make a decision in one week then it's completely out of your hands and you have to wait a whole entire another week before you can change that and you're very limited with what you can actually change you get like one free transfer each week and that's it so it can really build up it can be red arrow after red arrow after red arrow and it can really affect your mental health so i, I think it's the lack of control that fpl has that affects you more than traditional video gaming mm, okay i do find it interesting speaking to people that aren't um that, that sort of and i don't mean this the wrong way but don't get it in terms of fpl so they 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 may um you know be in, in mini leagues or they don't have any um well a, a good example is my wife calls it pretend football <laughs> <laughs> so so if i'm doing these chats uh and she said oh are you talking about pretend football tonight like yeah that's sort of a um and 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 if you look at it that way and see how how many how many millions of people take it well semi-seriously but then the sort of the top you know that that one percent that take it unbelievably seriously it is a it is another world isn't it mm -hmm. mm. It, it really is but there are people that take it so seriously like they they're checking the stats every day. They're tweaking, tweaking with their team every five minutes. Mm. It's a serious game for some people. And for me, less so. For me, it's more fun. I, I don't spend a lot of time tweaking my team. I tend to make my decisions early on in the week and then take a, a break during the week and then look at it again at the end of the week. Nice. Um, I've just found that's a much healthier way of playing for me. Yeah. But yeah. everyone's different. Um, Have you ha ever had a moment where you thought where it's it's really clear that you're thinking about fpl a bit too much or it's affected your life in the ways that you didn't really um see coming yeah i mean it's that thing about if if you're outside and you're having a good time and you're with your family and you're out for a meal or something and there you are looking at your phone seeing how your assets are doing or maybe you get news as an injury so you immediately go on your team to try and um tweak your team and have a little tinker I find it just overtakes my mind sometimes when it shouldn't. I should really just put it down and forget about it. But it's always in the back of your head, you know? Yeah, it's um, it, it worms in, doesn't it? It does. It really yeah. does. Yeah.
I think it was last season where um, it was a double game week. So we're recording this in 2023-24. So it was 22-23 season. And it was double game week. And it was the the big sort of decision was Mitrovic, who had a double game week versus, um, I suppose it would have been Haaland. Um, and, and I remember that the sort of narrative was that Mitrovic was one one booking away from yeah. his suspension. And I remember I wasn't watching it, but I remember like something was on TV and obviously I was glued to um, my phone just to see what was happening. And then Mitrovic scored, I believe, like an absolute belter. And then I just saw his little face with a yellow card beside it. And I just, and I thought, and it, <laughs> And I'll always remember it. I just had to put myself upstairs. I was like, I can't believe and, and I just remember thinking this has gone too far. Um, it was fine, but it, it it does that, doesn't it? Have you got have you got it a does. moment like that? Well, <laughs> oh, I mean, it happens all the time. I've got it too does. many moments to even think of. It yeah. just you're out you're out doing something, having fun, and there's FPL right in the back of your mind. You're like, get away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Happens a well, lot. Like, well, actually, you probably get it either. I mean, the lovely thing about being in the US is you get to watch a lot more of the games, um, yeah. which is which is amazing. So it probably takes up even more of your weekend, actually, than than people in in the UK, because obviously we've got Sky Sports News between three and five. But I always think that's the biggest tease in the world. You know, looking looking at people watching football and then describing it. <laughs> it's uh, it's a bit of a tease. Um, but yeah, yeah so here where I am in Northern California. They actually show every single game live. Oh, wow. And because I'm in Northern California, the first games are on at 4.30 a.m. in the morning, mm. sometimes 4 o'clock in the morning. And I get up and I watch the game. So there's games back to back from 4 a.m. until about 12 p.m. on a Saturday. And I watch the entire thing. And then I start my day. So I find myself being tired <laughs> very early on, on Saturdays and Sundays for sure. And when you factor in FPL and the deadline being an hour and a half before kickoff, oh, yeah. for me, the deadline is 3 a.m. in the morning. And I hate to admit it, but I do find myself waking up at 2.30 a.m. in the morning, even without an alarm clock sometimes, just to check in with some last-minute news to see if I have to make a last-minute sub or a last-minute transfer. And sometimes I struggle to go back to sleep. So I'm awake at 2.30 a.m. in the morning on a Saturday almost every weekend. Okay, so this is what can not confuses me, but there's there's a contrast with how seemingly laid back you are about the game. Like, for instance, you said earlier on that you know you do a bit of tinkering, then you just leave it for a few days, and then you just park it, and then you come back to it. So there's that really, I think, really nice laid back feel to the game. And yet, on the other hand, you're saying you wake up on a Saturday <laughs> morning without an alarm. A half two and watch it through to midday so yeah. yeah square that circle for me <laughs> so i think the best way to describe it is i would say i'm hardcore in terms of the decision making so i will get up and i'll make sure that i'm making the correct transfers making the right decisions making sure i'm haven't missed any news but then as soon as the deadline has passed i'm pretty good at knowing it's out of my control now there's nothing i can do until next weekend and at that point i'm pretty good at turning off but up that's, until the deadline, I am quite hardcore. That's nice. That's a man. good way of segregating it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that that obviously works for you, though, doesn't it? It's like hardcore, hardcore, right, decision made. Can't Literally can't do anything more. Yeah. Uh, and then you move on. That's amazing. 
Because um, I see people worrying about a player not being spotted in training, for example, after the deadline. I mean, there's nothing you can do. No. Absolutely nothing you can do. So there's no point worrying about it too much. So um, just before the final two questions, um, a bit of a wide question, a bit of a, a deeper question. But what has um, what has FPL taught you about life? Ooh, what has FPL taught me about life? Take, take your time. Take your time. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to the decision-making process. I really find myself making better decisions in life. Um, it probably seems strange saying that, but I find that I'm a lot more analytical in everyday life than I was before I played FPL. Because my background is a little bit in user experience, UX. And I found myself, when I started studying UX, is taking those methodologies and applying them to not only real life, but also FPL. And I find that they all kind of intertwine with each other. So, yeah, I don't I don't make rash decisions anymore in, in real life. I will take time to focus on the problem, um, know what I can affect and what I can't affect, and then feel like I'm making a good decision. So I, I think FPL, more than anything, has really helped me be analytical. Whereas in the past, I've been a lot more, I don't know, emotional driven, let's say. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I think the, the good thing about that is like most things in life, isn't it? The more like the information that you get, the knowledge you get feeds into the knowledge that you already have. And then and then it's everything sort of yeah. overlaps yeah. in the end, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't think it's silly at all. I think my, my decision making process, especially in terms of patience and sort of strategy looking a bit ahead. Um, so like a silly example about you know, maybe benching a player, so for one week, because then you're going to be in a better position for weeks two and two and three. So maybe losing ground before gaining ground, which is really bloody hard to do. But if you take that yeah. to life, you know, looking at the long game and patience is is a massive thing, isn't it? Um, exactly. And I think that's a great thing about FPL is you can really play it super casually if you want to. Yeah. Or you can really take time to make the good decisions, be analytical you can really take it as serious as you want to and it has helped me in real life make better decisions it genuinely has i i became a manager like 18 months ago and i genuinely use some fpr techniques in my everyday managerial job so it, it's it's helpful in 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 what way um talking about their stats their data you know what, what, <laughs> yeah. what, what are... <laughs> Not 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 quite that bad. I'm not like talking about XG to my employees or anything like that. I, I, again, it's more like just really taking my time to make a decision rather than being so emotionally driven, which is something I have suffered from in the past. Right, like just acting on emotions. Right now, I'm so much better at just taking a step back and then taking my time to give a better answer or make a better decision. Just before the final two, and something that I I did want to pick up on, and and then um. The conversation went elsewhere but you mentioned that you've you know you've met people and you you've become friends with people um i'd like to talk a bit about that because i think that's a really nice um part of the game and it is part of the game i think um and yes the the, the twitter community um like society has its has its people that um are that you wouldn't want to have a pint with um and there's other people that that you would um but yeah so Maybe talk a bit about what, what it means to you in terms of, you know, the friendships that you've made and, and how important that is. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it's 
2023-2024 having meeting someone online and talking with someone regularly online um every day counts as a friendship to me and i have met many of these people in real life too but even the ones i have not met if i am talking with them every day if they are helping me make my fmr decisions if they're asking about my family asking about my day they're friends to me and i've met so many people through fpl who do that for me and like i said some of them i've met through fpl meets and i've met in person and i've had drinks with them and i've watched the games with them um i created a podcast with two of them and we now we talk every monday and we podcast together so it really is great having people especially as an english person in the us where everyone is mainly focused like i said earlier on basketball and baseball and american football it's really nice to have people that share your interests that you can talk with every day and i consider them all my friends and it's just it's been so good for me mentally to find that in this community because mm. i was struggling for the first couple of years like it's quite difficult to make friends being an expat unless you find other european english people and the particular area that i moved to in the us it didn't really have any english people here everyone was very very californian they've grown up here and lived here all their life so it was quite hard to assimilate with them so it's been great for me i i i love it and you're right there are people in the community who you, you wouldn't want to have a drink with but you know you get that everywhere don't you that's it that's that's the beauty of it isn't it so yeah and they can all have pints together and and that's absolutely <laughs> exactly. <nice>. yeah exactly <laughs> good okay well um these <clears throat> these chats are all about um the uh, a celebration of of the, the of the game we love so with that in mind um and and you've been prepped, of course, with with the question: What is your favorite ever FPL moment? What is your champagne moment? Well, I watched your recording with Andy, and he bended the rules and had two, and you allowed it. So I'm going to also copy and have two. So I'm going to have one that's FPL based and one that's a little more personal based. So in terms of FPL, it was I think, I think it was during COVID season actually, um, when everyone was feeling a little down and. You know, everyone is really struggling, but FPL really helped me during that season. And I made a decision in a double game week to bring in Josh Brownhill. And I remember all my friends online were saying that was a stupid decision. He's crap. He hasn't delivered any points for so long. And I said, you know what? I have a really good feeling about him. He loves a double game week. I think he's going to get points. I think his ownership was something like 5% or even lower than that, actually. And he actually ended up getting 15 points in that double game week. And it shot me way up the ranks. And it was just so good to feel vindicated that the player I had a gut feeling about delivered so many points. And I liked talking to my friends saying, I told you so. I knew it. My gut was right. It's just, there's no better feeling playing FPR than having a huge differential return. I think that's my number one happy place when I'm playing FPR. And I kind of wish I did that more often, just go with a gut feeling, regardless of that ownership, because the rewards you get from that far outweigh the negatives. So I think that's my favorite moment in terms of FPL. That is, um, that's amazing. Um, and I think yeah. we found the player for the thumbnail. Um, Josh Brownhill, yeah, there you go. Josh Brownhill will be on the thumbnail, don't worry about that. Um, and then and in, your, your second one, yeah. Yeah, my second one, um, obviously, Jamie Piggott. 
who won FPL two seasons ago. He actually lives in Northern California. And we met up in an FPL meet during game week 38. I organized a meetup and there was about 10 of us that met up with Jamie in San Francisco. And we actually watched the final day together. And it was just the best experience I've had in a long, long time. Just watching him be so nervous about every goal that went in, to be so nervous that checking live FPL to see if he was still number one. And we actually recorded the moment that he won. It's on Twitter if you look for it. We were just all jumping and celebrating. It's just an amazing experience being with people in the community and being with the number one player in the world at the time he won. And I just don't think I'll ever forget that experience. And Liverpool were playing Wolves in that game week, actually. Okay. And he had Mane. Right. And I think it's the first time ever that I was actually happy that Wolves had conceded. Because we were going to lose anyway. So when Mane scored against Wolves, I knew that he was going to make him win. So it was just, it was incredible. And half of the bar were full of Leeds fans. And Leeds were playing and they actually stayed up that game too. So half the bar was going absolutely crazy because Leeds had stayed up. And the other half was going crazy because the FPL winner was there. So it, it was just an incredible experience that I'll, I'll never forget. Yeah, you've painted that picture well. That's brilliant. Yeah. Love that. Sure. Thank you for sharing both of those. Um, yeah. Okay. So finally, um, and just before the final question, um, a huge thank you, really. Um, thank you for taking the time out. Well, thank you for having a work meeting um, and, uh, <laughs> and chatting about FPR. I won't tell your boss. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so a huge thank he you. He won't care anyway. He won't <laughs> care. I'll tell him. <laughs> Does he play FPL? He doesn't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, just before just before we sign off, um, the best piece of FPL advice you've ever been given. Okay, so for me, it's definitely, and it's cliche, very, very cliche this one, but that phrase, it's a marathon and not a sprint, always hit home to me um, you, to stay patient throughout the season. When I first started playing, it was very easy to, oh, this player didn't do very well, time to take him out. Oh, this player hauled. I need him in my team, just constantly making decision after decision after decision, chasing points and taking out the players who didn't give you points. But I've actually found that if you just stay patient, if you just focus on the fixtures, you'll eventually do well and you'll overtake the people that make rash decisions eventually. No matter how bad your rank is right now, you will climb up the ranks if you just continue to make calm, good decisions. And that piece of advice has always stuck with me and it's helped me a lot in recent seasons, actually. I mean, of course, there's a limit to it. You don't want to be too patient. You don't want to stick with a player who just consistently doesn't perform for 10 game weeks. But definitely stay patient. Gran Davis, thank you so much for joining me this, uh, uh, well, this evening uh, or your morning. Yeah. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you inviting me on. <laughs>